0: If you really knew me, 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 you you would know.
1: Hey! Who are you? Who, me? Yeah, you! It's Monday!
0: Hello, and thank you for joining us for another edition of If You Knew Me Mondays, a podcast to help you start your week off with a new piece of Park Day Perspective. Say what? I'm your host and Park Day Director of Equity and Inclusion, Arjuna Saeed. Every episode, we sit down with a different member of our community to help us learn more about who they are beyond what we see. We'll be hearing about what's happening in their classroom, in their life, and talking about equity and justice in our school and community. As always, we'll be talking with today's guests about what guides them, what inspires them, and what fulfills them. Along the way, we hope to inspire you, too, to think about these same questions in your own life. All right, today we'll be sitting down to talk with a longtime pillar in our community, a loud and proud steward of our school's social justice values, a treasure chest of Park Day experience, and my daughter's homeroom teacher. I'm talking about second grade teacher, Michelle McAfee. Hello, Michelle. Thank you for squeezing us in at the end of your busy day.
1: This is the highlight of my day. I mean, I love being with the kids, but I was really excited to talk with you after hearing the previous episodes and getting so inspired by everyone's story. So thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely, all my pleasure. So you're a few days into teaching back on campus in an outdoor classroom, while also being mindful of some of your students tuning in at home. How are you holding up with all of that?
1: Well it's really exciting to be back. I was nervous and anxious at first and many of the kids were too but being in person and seeing their faces and feeling their energy and it's magical and then bringing in the ones that are at home it's a little tricky sometimes but I want them to know that we are with them and they're with us and they're still fully part of the community so we take turns starting off with the the group at home, and they're mixed with kids in the classroom. And so we do our best to check in with them and make sure that their voices are heard and that the kids are interacting with them as well. And so even though it's a little bit of uh, acrobatics, it, I think that it's really working.
0: You all are doing it, so hats off to you. So Michelle, at the start of every episode, we give our guests the same classic conversation starter if you really knew me so I'm gonna get you started and let you take it from there if you really knew me you'd know that
1: if you really knew me you'd know that I have two sons Alasio and Nolan who mean the world to me if you really knew me you'd know that I love fire colors yes I'm a Leo
0: I see you rocking it right now.
1: Oh, that's right. If you really knew me, you'd know that I have a passion for acting and I started going to workshops to help me learn storytelling techniques. So I'm getting there. If you really knew me, you'd know that I'm an artist and I enjoy making jewelry, drawing intricate designs with fine-tipped pens and gel pens, creating collages, scrapbooking and writing. If you really knew me, you'd know that I was born in Iramagawa, Japan. If you really knew me, you'd know I spent my childhood growing up in Massachusetts. If you really knew me, you'd know I love to travel, and I've spent time in the Bahamas, Jamaica, Dominican Republic, a quick second in Haiti, and lots of countries in Europe, and I studied Italian in Urbino, Italy. If you really knew me, you'd know that I understand that my ancestors are an integral part of me, and that I think it's vital to know from whence we came.
0: Say what? So for today's episode, we have a number of fourth and fifth graders who are part of our FU New Me Monday student podcast club who will be helping guide our conversation. Some of them are your former second grade students, and all of them are amazing young leaders who fill me with optimism. I'll let them take it from here.
1: Hi, my name is Maliki, and I am Arjuna's equity and justice class. Why did you want to teach second grade out of all the other grades? Well, Malaika, I never was one to teach very, very young kids. I wanted to teach an age where kids are thinking and processing at a level that's new for them the information is new the history that they're learning is new but that i could actually teach them history and that i'm out of the abc's and you know barely you know just learning to read stage so i wanted to work with kids who who are starting to emerge into writers and into thinkers And I, for me, that would be second, third, fourth grade were always my interests and not higher because then they start becoming junior high kids, which I love and adore, but I don't know. I I don't know if I should even admit this, but big kids are a little scary to me to teach. Um, They're intense and beautiful in their own lovely way. but. For me, the, the, the age that's magic for me to teach is 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and I landed in 2nd and fell in love. And I could never leave. I was offered to teach a 4th grade position here at Park, and I couldn't leave 2nd. I, I, I became so passionate with everything they do, you know, from learning to put a paper clip on a paper to sharing their hearts and souls and learning how to express. So many things that they have to express. Mm. It's a beautiful age.
0: It sounds like you really found your special place. I did. So it, it also reminds me um, about something we were talking about um, moments ago. You were—we were both admitting to being kind of like big kids. Mm Mm-hmm. Does some of that play a role into you teaching second grade?
1: I think that also may have to do with why I couldn't teach older grades. They probably wouldn't think my jokes are funny, and little kids will laugh at my jokes, the second graders. Uh, Younger than that, they may not get it, so I'm just on that line where I can be silly and they're silly with me, and they don't think I'm being ridiculous. So I think that's another part of hitting my, my niche here. In terms of age.
0: Nice. We were also talking about your early influences as an educator coming from your mom. Um, Let's pause and give your mom some shine. What would you like to share about your mom and how she helped pave the way for you as an, an educator or just as a person?
1: My mom is, both of my parents were such role models to me, but in particular, in terms of education, my mom was such a big influence. She taught high school in Massachusetts, and as far as I remember back, she was teaching boys' chef and home economics because that was a thing then. And we came to California, she taught high school English and then got her administrative credentials at uh, Berkeley. After she got her administrative credentials, she became a counselor and a pupil personnel coordinator and then a vice principal and then a principal. And she did so many things in the community and belonged to so many organizations. She was a Delta and belonged to Jack and Jill and she got so many awards. She got the California Distinguished Citizen of the Year Award. It was presented by Governor Gray Davis. She got the Contra Costa Children's Council Award for outstanding efforts and contributions towards the advancement of kids in the community. And she was nominated for the 1985 Martin Luther King Jr. Humanitarian Award. She was on the the Board of Education of Mount Diablo School District and got recognition and appreciation award from them. The Jack and Jill Nellie Thornton Distinguished Service to Children Award, I can't go on. She's got so many awards and they were all hanging uh, in our den. And I would look at those and think, wow, I I could never accomplish what she has. But I don't feel like I have to accomplish things in that way. I feel so rewarded by the work my kids are doing and what I see them becoming.
0: Could you uh, please share your mom's name for me?
1: Phyllis McAfee. They called her the judge, because she, you know, my dad said she was the judge, jury, and executioner. I mean, you could. She was very much one to delegate, organize, and supervise, and make things happen. Say what?
0: Hi, my name is Leilani, and I'm Arjuna's equity and justice class. What is it like teaching online?
1: Well, Leilani, Teaching online is very different obviously than teaching in person because I'm so animated when I teach. You might remember when you were in my class that I moved a lot. There was a lot of movement, a lot of gestures. I would walk around a lot and online I'm, you know, confined to a box. And so at first it was, it was hard to figure out how to be alive in that space. So it took me a little time, but after a while, I learned that I can still be silly. I can still joke around. I can still pull people in and connect, but it was a different kind of connection. So you just learn how to be in a different way.
0: Say what? We may only have 20 minutes, but we still like to hit as many notes as possible in that time. We'll be talking more about some lighter topics a bit later, but for now, we want to give our listeners the chance to learn from some of your life's more challenging moments.
1: Hi, my name is Luca, and I'm in our Junas Equity and Justice class. Hi, Michelle. I have a question for you. Have you ever faced a form of discrimination because of your race, and how did you respond? Well Luca, thank you for that question. There's one experience that comes to mind immediately. Actually, there's a couple, but I'll I'll share this one. I may share two. But one is when I was in high school. i just started in ninth grade, and I was really excited to take drama because I've always been interested in drama. And I tried out for the part of Lucy in the Charlie Brown play, and I was voted in. All the kids thought I was perfect for that part. And the teacher took me aside and said, well, Michelle, I really can't give you that part because we'll be traveling and taking it to the junior high schools and they really won't understand to have a black person in the part of Lucy and it won't be believable, will not they won't be able to relate, so I'm going to have to give the part to someone else. And that was so crushing to me that I never took drama again in high school. So that, that changed the road for me and who knows where the path would have taken me if I had continued with drama. And my path ended up being exactly what I want it to be, but I don't know what other possibilities may have been if that didn't happen. And I suggest that you don't let one person hold you back like that.
0: Say what?
1: That was a moment, a defining moment for me, that I think back at. But you know, I was young, it was the 70s, I didn't know how to, how to handle that except to put up the wall and say, no, this is not, I'm not walking forward into this again. So that was difficult. Another experience was in eighth grade, it was the year before, when the teacher shared with the class that slavery was actually a good thing because it cultivated a group of people and helped them to learn how to be civilized. And that was a time when I did raise my hand and I confronted the teacher and I said, my parents have taught me that there were beautiful kingdoms and and creativity and intelligence and science and discoveries and inventions that came from Africa. And what you're saying, is it, it's not what my parents have taught me. And the teacher just looked at me and I felt like she looked through me and then she just kind of brushed me off and went on to continue with what she was saying. And that was a time when I said, I can't believe everything I hear. I can't believe everything I hear and I need to do my own research and I need to listen to the people I respect.
0: Sounds like a, an important learning moment in life. And uh, wow, um, thank you for sharing something so personal, Michelle, and, um, and how you responded in such a powerful way.
1: Hi, my name is Lucian. I'm in fourth grade, and I'm in Arjuna's Equity and Justice class. What is it like being a woman during a time with Trump as president and electing our country's first black female president? Lucian, that's a great question. I have been elated over the past few days to think about the changes that are coming and to just feel the change already. It's amazing. and. It was horrible the past four years. I mean, I could not even believe that our reality was as it was. I felt embarrassed for our country. I felt angry that we would allow someone in that position in our country. I was devastated when I realized how many people voted for him again. And that's something I'm coming to terms with now. Because I have to understand, I do understand that there are so many different people with different ways of thinking and different reasons for their thinking, and I just think that it's time for us to come together. I'm, I, I'm excited that the glass ceiling was broken with Kamala Harris before my eyes. What's really exciting to me is that my two boys got to see the first black president, and now they get to see the first black or you know person of color uh because she's biracial vice president and i'm amazed excited hopeful inspired and i can't wait to see what's to come hi
0: my name is and i am in arginia's equity and justice class my question for you michelle is what's your favorite hobby besides school
1: i love to write i love to write i write poetry uh, I write short stories. I've had a couple of short stories published, and recently I just started taking storytelling workshops because I want to learn that craft, the art of storytelling, because I love acting and I love writing, but I want to learn skillfully how to actually present a real story well, you know, my stories are real, but how to present it with style and intention and all the little skills that that come into presentation. So I'm excited about that. And I started taking storytelling workshops and then the pandemic happened. and But now we're actually doing the workshops through Zoom. It's not quite the same. And I'm excited to be able to go back and do it in person and use my full body and my full voice in the whole room again. But for now, I'm in a little Zoom room and we're still, we're still keeping it going. So between that and writing and making jewelry, those are my passions.
0: Say what? Michelle, I have a confession to make. One secret reason this program exists is so I have a legitimate reason to sit down with my friends and colleagues and talk music. I love learning about music that we have in common and of course, new music. Um, and when I saw your selected songs, I was totally reminded the first time I saw you Uh, which happened to be while you were in the middle of teaching, so we didn't actually meet each other. I was touring uh, Park Day as a prospective family, and I was beyond excited to see this larger-than-life drawing of the Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin, on the wall. And I was like, ooh, I like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, of course, we don't have time to get into all of your selections, but can we pause for you to share one or two songs from your People Power playlist that you can highlight for our listeners?
1: Well, I love Aretha Franklin and that's why I did a whole unit on it. That's one thing I like about park is you can bring your passion in and teach other kids about it and have fun doing it. And so we learned about Aretha Franklin and one of her songs is Think and it's just so powerful. I like how she just takes control and says, you better think about it. So I love that. Uh, I love Earth, Wind and Fire. So um, I put Reasons on my playlist, I hope it made it in. And it was a high school favorite, but it's still timeless to me. It's a timeless favorite. My kids know the song. And their kids are going to know the song, because another thing that I didn't say, but if you really knew me, you'd know I'm going to be a grandmother soon. I have a grandchild coming in January, and that child's going to know every song on my playlist. So that child is going to grow up with my music, and I'm really excited about that. Say what? So, uh... Let's see, who else did I have on my playlist? Give me a lead. I mean, there's so- Sam, I I'm, you had some
0: Sam Cooke on your list. Oh,
1: oh. And that's because that particular song um, is something that's just moving and inspiring to me. And it was a song that my parents played, you know, cause I was really like a, a baby or a young child when that came out. So I'd hear it growing up and, and uh, let's see what the title of it is a change is going to come yeah and every time i hear that song still i just i just move to it i just feel it i move it i feel it in my soul and it's something that lifts me up And I love the blues too, just, and I can't, don't ask me to name blues artists and favorites and all that. I just pick like selections of variety, like blues favorites or something. And I just listen and love it. And I'm not really good with names, but I am good with feeling.
0: That's what what it's really about, right? Yeah. You know, I I love Sam Cooke's voice and um, it's one of those songs, just kind of sitting on that song for a minute. um, It's one of those songs where uh, I get really emotional. Mm-hmm. And it's not like sad. I mean, I, th- I think that's, you know, something that, that the blues can do to you. It can like really, you know, unearth these, this range of feelings that includes happiness and sadness and, and all of it um, in one. And, you know, when you think about what Sam Cooke is singing about, it's both um, born out of deep despair, but looking to a bright future. And I mean, to me, that's like the power of a good song. Is mm-hmm. all of that in one, one breath.
1: Yes, hope and faith. Say what?
0: Michelle, this has been both super fun and informative, and I wish we could keep going. As we wrap up, do you have any final words or messages for our listeners?
1: Uh, yes, I do. I want to say that if you truly, truly believe in something, you will accomplish it. And you can achieve anything if you believe in it. It's, it's a belief I have, it's called the principle of attraction and I always think okay think about the principle of attraction if you really want this to happen. If you, you can attract it with your thoughts, with your your deep belief and it'll come towards you because the universe will send towards you what you're trying to call out for. So just believe that if you believe it will happen. And one Something you had mentioned is, um, you know, do you have any mottos? I I heard you mention that the other day. And I was thinking, well, yes, I have a motto. And it's actually called Motto by Langston Hughes. And he says, I play it cool and dig all jive. That's the reason I stay alive. My motto as I live and learn is dig and be dug in return.
0: I can dig it. Michelle congratulations <laughs> on becoming a grandmother what what an exciting time of life I'm so happy to to hear that news so uh is this the first time we're uh, Park Days hearing about this message
1: I think I've told three people so I think yes this is the first time it's being broadcast and or podcast
0: <laughs> awesome <laughs> thank you for sharing that that ray of sunshine
1: oh thank you
0: all right friends once again this is your host Arjuna Saeed wrapping up today's episode of If You Knew Me Mondays with second grade teacher extraordinaire Michelle McAfee did you know that each episode includes a seven song people power playlist curated especially for you by each guest check out Michelle's soulful selections on Spotify where you'll find all content for our If You Knew Me Monday production If you enjoyed today's conversation, let us know on this episode's Padlet. Leave a comment, share what you've learned, or leave any questions for Michelle. If you want to be sure not to miss a single episode, subscribe to FUNUMI Monday. And while you're at it, share with your friends and community so they too can learn about what guides, inspires, and fulfills the amazing people who call Park Day home. Once again, this has been FUNUMI Monday. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time around.
1: Bye. Thanks for having me.